seeking collaborations with influential people, at GZPR, we create passion-fueled collaborations that go beyond traditional representation, a performance agency that onboards new clients every month. Our focus is on POC collaborations. Contact us now at hellogzpr.com, a self-aware public relations agency exploring world perspectives with leading talents. Hello and welcome. My name is Tiffany Farry and welcome to Get to Know You, a podcast for those who want to open conversations and access deeper dialogue, where conversations can become stronger when we explore our thinking and behavior. Every Tuesday, a new question will be asked to guest speakers, genuine people here to have insightful conversations. My guest speakers today are a digital nomad couple who are currently stuck in Malaysia due to COVID. They've explored various relationship formats and gone through marriage hell and back. Now they're happily married in a monogamous relationship, having spent close to a quarter of a million dollars on their education. They have a profound understanding of how love and relationships work. They founded YourExceptionalRelationship.com together and help women all over the world to create a dream come true marriage, even if they've lost hope. They believe that, that we're all on this planet to love and be loved, yet many of us lack the tools and know how to sustain healthy and synergistic relationships. That's why they created the Exceptional Relationship Formula, which takes away the guesswork and puts your marriage back on track for more intimacy, love, and connection. To Yechaim and Natasha, relationships are the building blocks of our society. They believe that if we can heal our hearts and feel whole within our homes, we can revolutionize the planet. Welcoming Yechaim and Natasha to get to know you. Well, Welcome, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. So I guess it'd be really, really great for the listeners to hear that what is this exceptional relationship formula? Tell us a bit about that. Right. So, you know, we have come across the, uh, the formula through our own trial and error and through having gone, as you said, you know, the relationship hell and, and coming back. And, and it basically is, is, a, is a way of looking at relationship and dynamics um, that helps it to transform into something that's beautiful. And if you want, I can run you through the the four steps uh, the, that we go through with people. Uh, they are natural steps, really, when you actually look at the human psyche. Uh, they come about if you if you hang in in, in the process, like if you don't just run away. Um, and the very first thing is probably the very hardest one is that you actually realize that there's something wrong, or that you're not satisfied with what's happening right because that insight leads to the very first step which is to pivot right you want to move away from somewhere you want to move into a different direction from what you're doing right now and it's a lot a lot of times hard for couples or for women to look at that because it means to be really be honest and not just say you know we love each other but there's all this other stuff but you know it's good it's okay this kind of talk really prevents you from actually moving forward and creating the relationship you want. But once you do that, you're on the right track because when you say, okay, we want to pivot, the next question, which is the next step is, well, where to? Right? What, what do you want to do? And so that is where the next step comes in, which is to dream. Right? What is the relationship you actually want? What is it that you know, makes your whole body say yes to? It's not like, oh, yeah, that'd be nice to have. But no, like with your full heart, with your full body, you're like, oh, my God, I love this. I want to have this. Let's create that, right? And so 
again, there's, there's a little pitfall there that people think, you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have too high expectations or I should just be happy with what I have or something like that. And that's not how you're going to create uh, an exceptional relationship where you're really satisfied and waking up and thinking, you know, I'm just so lucky to have this relationship. Uh, but what happens when you do dare to dream is the next step, which is you're going to see that there's a gap. And so to bridge that gap, you need to have trust. So step number three is to trust. Because if you don't have the trust that you can actually do something about this and that you can move into this direction, you're not going to go. You're not going to go into this direction. Uh, and then the step number four is to create, right? It actually means, okay, looking at where you're at, where you want to go, and look at all the behaviors that are getting in the way and that are draining the relationship, that are not wholesome for the relationship, and look at what are the behaviors and attitudes that are actually going to support the relationship. They're going to nurture the relationship. That is really what, what this exceptional relationship formula is about, and it is an iterative process. So, you know, you start creating and as you go along with the creation, you realize, you know, we're not really heading in the right direction. We need to, we need to reassess, right? So you go through cycles where you can keep adjusting and really creating the relationship that's right for you, you know, because you are a unique human being with, and you have a relationship with another unique human being. And so you need to find what works for you, not what society thinks, not what movies are telling you, but really what's actually true to you. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. I really like that breakdown. I think a lot of people, what I find, get stuck at number one and they can't go anywhere from that. I think everyone can identify there's something wrong here. I don't feel good. I don't like what's happening. But then they don't move to number two. They don't know what they want. I think that's a, the, so many just like, well, I want to feel good, but I don't know how to, I don't know what I want in the relationship. All I know is I want to feel good. And they kind of yeah. don't know how to really kind of uh, identify and narrow in on this is what I want in the relationship. This is how I want to feel. Just people just don't seem to know how to do that or believe that they can have it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And it is very interesting because when we ask couples, just imagine when you first got married, like, why did you do it? You wanted to commit to this person for life. You want to love them forever. Like what for, you know, what vision did you have for your relationship? And almost, I would say 85% of the time, a great majority of people said, well, we got married and made that decision because we were a good match and we thought things would stay that way. Like, it's just very ambiguous. Like, it felt good. It'll carry on forever. So it was more like chasing after a feeling than having a true vision of what a beautiful, empowering relationship can be. And we feel like that even growing up, you know, we think about who not just who's your role model but what role model relationships have you witnessed in your life and most cases people say oh, well I know that couple they're my friends and they tend to be nice to each other you know and we're like oh no is that the standard is that the role model when mm. two people are just simply nice to each other like that's kind of what you expect from your neighbor or you know maybe we try to be nice to each other at the supermarket but between couples you know like oh I think we can reach higher than that but we don't have many people to look up to no that's so true absolutely that's so true like you know if we all look at you know I think in many 
for many many of us we don't have we don't have that ideal relationship that's like oh even for, with our friends it's like oh i want that that's the ideal relationship like it's you just don't know what it is so then you don't know how to identify it yourself i think too like you know what i tend to like to ask people is you know a lot of people say what they want in a partner or what they want in a relationship kind of like oh i want this i want this i want this but then i think the real more so the the thing that needs to be they need to be more aware of is like what can they offer like what can you give in a relationship so i ask so many people that question and like they can't answer the question it's too difficult like what well you're in a relationship now what do you give in that relationship and and they sit there like oh mm, uh, consistency but they don't have any real they're unable to value like they're unable to identify their values that make them you know unique or make them uh, a strong partner in a relationship and then see how they contribute so does that part of the work that you do really help also allow them to identify these things i mean i'm like jumping up and down inside because that is exactly (laughs) one of the things one of the mindset shifts that needs to absolutely happen because it's always what's in it for me you know what can my wife give me what can my husband give me what are they not giving me and it's all about like me 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 right and when you actually turn around and see okay how can i serve my partner right whether that's you as a wife or you as a husband it really doesn't matter because it goes both ways when you start serving your partner you start to look how you can support them how can you help them to achieve their dreams how can you empower them And the game changes because suddenly instead of trying to suck something out of the system, out of the relationship, you start to give into the relationship. And as you start to give into the relationship, you receive more, but not because you're trying to get something out of it, but because of the dynamic that starts to happen, you know? And so instead of disempowering each other, you start to empower each other and you start to become stronger together. And it becomes a synergy where you really become greater and you, you know, your energy together is so much greater than if, if you were by yourself, you know, and that's really what's possible. But people don't realize that because they think those negative behavioral patterns that suck the energy out of a relationship are normal. And we're like, yeah. well, yeah, you know, if, 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 if 80% of humanity would be obese, would you want to be obese? Well, no, you know, just because a lot of people are having this doesn't mean that you have to follow the same <laughs> direction. There's another way. And that is what we want people to get. Like you can really have an amazing relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I really, really love that. And like too, I I think, you know, it's part of the, I guess, the process of making the person see their own value. Because I think too, like so many people are in relationships wanting someone else to identify their values in them instead of going, hey, what can like, you know, you need to know your own value or know your own worth or know what you add to yourself to your other relationships with your friendships or family or whatever it may be, I think before you actually enter a relationship anyway, like, or, or for a relationship to actually work synergially. I can't even say the word like you're saying. (laughs) Um, I think it works in both ways too. So not only do people not, not recognize how much they can give into a relationship, how much Mm. they can contribute and really make it grow, make it beautiful. They also, um, misunderstand the value with the uh, within their partner because a lot of the times at the very beginning people are somewhat attracted to differences like wow you're so different that's so interesting like tell Mm. me more tell me show show me your world wow it's so different i'm learning so much but you know when the 
relationship turns into this kind of long-term thing. You live together, you're with them all the time. Your differences suddenly become these irritating things that you're trying to get out of your partners. Like, oh, if only you did that like me. Oh, why do you have to do it that way? Come on, like, this is better. Just, just do what I say, right? But then in that, in trying to make your partner say, similar or doing the same things that you would and thinking the same ways that you do, it it creates this weird clone. You're trying to clone yourself and have a relationship Mm. with someone else who you're trying to turn into yourself. But the fact is you're in a relationship with someone else, but the differences over time almost become a problem when, like Yahim said, it's like, no, 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 no. You have two individuals. You can do so much together because you are different, because there are two different people here. And so it's also to kind of pivot away, you know, it's, almost, it's the same first step kind of all over again. It's like, whoa, our differences have become a problem. Mm. Does it always have to be this way? Like, what are we trying to do to each other? Manipulating, we're changing, we're power struggle here. That's actually making it a problem. Like, how can we actually appreciate our differences? Because in mm. the end, uh, Yahim and I are extremely different. But we found a way, especially in work, too, to actually bring out um, the best, right? All the strengths. What I'm terrible at, Yahim can actually do, yeah. and vice versa. Yeah, uh, interesting. Absolutely. I really like that. Like, do you think, though, that a lot of the time we tend to, you know, I, I if I look at people that I know and, and the way they've gone about maybe trying to have a relationship, sometimes, like you're saying, Natasha, that you you look for it so many like oh you know like the differences but then again if they don't if people don't think like them on exactly the same things they're like oh we're not going to work so it can go on the other extreme also which is what i've noticed and you know some people that i know like who date quite a bit but then they're like well we're not we're not on par in this 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 and that like well you can't have so many things i think you know being compatible in so many ways, in, in certain ways is, is needed, but then you can't be compatible in all your thinking and all your, all your values and all your morals. So it kind of goes on, onto the other side. What would you say yeah. about that? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And, you know, it is interesting that largely people like to travel, right? And one thing that people like to travel, one of the reasons is because they get to see a different culture. Okay. And so when you see a different culture, your horizon gets broad and you see how other people think, what other people do and all of that. And why I bring that up is because when you are in a relationship, you can think of each person in the relationship as a microculture, right? I have my ways of doing things and seeing the world through my lenses and Natasha has her views. And it's, they almost like my, a, a microculture that we have, we have differences in how we see things and how we do things, Right. And so your travel is into your spouse's world, really. That's what it is. And to explore and see how is she thinking? Why is she doing it this way? Not through a value judgment. But the difficulty is that a lot of times we can feel under threat. So, -hmm. for example, Natasha is a lot cleaner and neater than I am. And one of the things is she likes to wring out the sponge after washing which makes sense to me now. <laughs> it didn't back then, you know, and Natasha would get annoyed at me. And I'm like, why are you annoyed at, at that? You know, like what, what's going on? And I would take it personally because it was the action, which is a neutral action of ringing a sponge or not ringing a sponge. There's really nothing to it. it was personal, right? I am not good enough because I'm not ringing the sponge and Natasha is reacting a certain mm. way and getting annoyed. 
So it's about me and me not being good enough and me not being valued and all of this kind of stuff, right? And when we are in this defensiveness and trying to assert, you know, our ways, like, you know, oh, my way is faster or whatever, you know, yes, there's always the upsides and downsides and whatever way you're going to do things. But when I, when I identify and I'm taking it personally, I'm not open to actually see the value of what Natasha is bringing or vice versa. And so a lot of, of those issues are, are happening because of a misplaced identification that a certain style of, of doing things is I'm wrapped up in that. My identity is wrapped up in that. And when that gets criticized or, or, or gets discussed, my identity is under threat. And it's the same thing with our worldviews. Oh, how I see the world is, is me. But that's not you. It's just a certain way of seeing the world and that can change. And so when you actually allow yourself to work or, or go beyond your defense mechanism and start to listen to your partner and just hear them out, not because you have to change your ways, not because you have to do anything different, but just to understand and be a bit more curious, what will happen, or at least what happened to me, is that I grew enormously because I suddenly see all those other ways of seeing and doing things that I didn't see before. Yeah. And that is really the en enrichment, enrichment that happens in a relationship that is um, that you can get in other places, but in a, in a relationship, it's very intimate and it goes very deep, right? Because you go in all areas, you know, you're with no one else. Are you really as intimate as, as with your romantic partner? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. As you're saying, as you're talking there, it made me think though, like sometimes when I hear a lot of these problems in relationships and, you know, it really, like I was saying before, it stems from, as you were saying, like you're not feeling that you're good enough or you're not feeling, you know, that you're deserving or like what you're doing is wrong or whatever it may be or that you're enough. So I don't know. I was always sometimes with my friends, I'm just like, you know, I think there needs to be a law. Like if you don't have like your own value of self, you're not allowed to enter a relationship because that if like, if you did, like, as you're saying, like if all these things that you, that you um, feel, if you, if you did have, feel strong about yourself if you did if you do feel that you're enough or you do know your own value you wouldn't have a lot you wouldn't be defensive in 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 you know 90 percent of the different arguments that happen it, they wouldn't happen so it like is it like a core part of that is you know maybe you shouldn't be entering a relationship if you don't have these things or what do you think about that yeah i have some thoughts on that because we were doing lots of self-development for mm. years, for years and years and years. And we thought that we were such great spiritual students, you know, like, well, <laughs> yeah. we just transformed our lives so much. We we're on the path. But it was way down the line when that, like those, those transformations, those changes in our lives actually trickled down into our relationship. Mm. So it changed our work. It changed relationships with our family, but with, with each other it's as if we created such an ecosystem at home and we got so good at providing whatever it is that supported each other's insecurities like we were the perfect match in that dysfunctional way too that we kept it in place for so long mm. and at the same time especially in these long-term romantic relationships you somehow are able to trigger each other, you know, mm. in, in this really deep way. So no matter how much you kind of like look at yourself and you think you've done a lot of work and whatever it is on your self-worth and, and things like that, when you're with someone 
And then suddenly you feel abandoned, even though you've, you thought you've journaled about it and done, I don't know, meditations on it. Suddenly you feel abandoned, then, then it's still tr- triggering something within you. There's still something there that resonates with that energy. So we know for sure that, especially with these romantic long-term relationships, it's really the ultimate space to grow. Mm. It's okay. We believe that you mess up, you make mistakes, and maybe old patterns happen still from time to time. The, I guess the focus here is that we are here with that ideal. Like we have dreamt together. We've mm. made mistakes together. Mm. We've learned how badly we can hurt one another. Because out of all the people on this planet, you know, sometimes those we love, choose to love, are those we choose to hurt the most. It's such a strange dynamic, but that yeah. really happens. You know, like your dearest family members, your romantic partners, they can press your buttons, right? And and you hear this all the time, like, oh, my wife's a sweetheart to everyone. Everyone mm-hmm. loves her, but she's she can turn into like a monster <laughs> with me. Like, I don't know what yeah. I've done, right? But you hear that. It's like, oh, I hope cool. she's can go nuts on me. So, but, but that's, a, that's <laughs> the thing. You can bring out the worst and the best in each other. So when you kind of form this team and you've dreamt and you know how low you can go, you can also have this vision of how high you can go together. And it's to keep that in mind as you support one another. I think especially when some things become very personal and very emotional, Mm. like repeated conflicts, it's hard to put that aside. It's hard to shift from me versus you to us against this problem it can be a difficult shift to make but that is necessary because you're you're here given this opportunity to really heal something deep mm-hmm. and sometimes that opportunity is really given between the, those few people in your lives and and romantic partners is one of them that's beautiful. I really like how you put that, Natasha. You, that's, that's a good point. Like thinking about it now, like, you know, you, you get triggered, like you said, like, you know, I guess you, you can resolve or, or not just resolve, but gain a lot with doing your own personal development, your own, your own work there. But then putting yourself in a situation or choosing to be in a relationship is a whole nother like personal development cycle. <laughs> so I, as you said, yeah, it's great. Like, you know, you get triggered in so many different, in other ways that you need to work on. And the only way to, to know that is to be in a relationship. A hundred percent. You know, it's, it's where, where the, the rubber meets the road, mm. you know, um, and, and you see many people who, you know, have done a lot of work or are deeply into spirituality. And uh, when it comes to relationship, they're not functional. And so that is where you want to look at because yes, you know, it's great to have great spiritual insight or do certain self-improvement stuff, whatever, but how is that translating into your life? Yeah. How is it translating into how you're relating with other human beings? Because that is usually where the most issues show up um, is between the, the, the human beings. Cause we, 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 we experience a lot of hurt, you know, we get disappointed, we get let down, we have, you know, sometimes childhood traumas of, of abandonment and all this kind of stuff. So how, how is that, all of that work that we're doing then showing up in the relationship? And not only that, when you have a, a great partner, you have dreamt together and you're building this kind of relationship, you can come together and you can heal together, you know? Yeah. So it, it can really become something that goes much deeper than what, where you can go by yourself. 
Yeah, I actually really like that. That's so true. Like just having that, that, yeah, that makes so much sense. I really, really, really like that. Like, you know, having that person there allows you to go deeper. Like if they're, if they're a good partner, good fit, of course, like allows you to go deeper into your, your healing process or whatever it is you need resolved. And it's just, you, it's more like safe, I guess, than doing it on your own, would you say? Yeah, I mean, it can go both ways. (laughs) Sure. Uh, You know, it can can go go the way that we don't feel safe, which is then good. It's like, okay, how are we going to look that? And it can be also that you do feel safe and you ask your partner and you can go together into greater depths. But whatever it's going to go, it's going to bring up something that's going to be useful. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And another thing is with honesty, right? Mm. So say we've, um, we know we've made a mistake or we know that we kind of, like say maybe the other day, had a little passive aggressive comment at Yahim or something a bit, uh, you know, jabbed yeah. him a little bit. <laughs> and maybe a few moments later, I'm like, oh, that, that wasn't really nice. Or maybe I saw that, oh, he kind of like mm, wasn't, wasn't so nice. It's one thing to like recognize something like that and be honest with yourself, but like, oh, I actually said something hurtful. And it takes another level of honesty and vulnerability to say that out loud to someone mm. else, right? So that kind of open conversation, that honesty, that transparency out loud and sharing that inner world with another person, no matter how vulnerable or uncomfortable that might be, that's a great practice. Like it's just wonderful because you're actually being honest with yourself. It's one thing to kind of go, oops, I kind of feel sorry for that. Like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. One thing to kind of say that in your head and one yeah. thing to look at someone and actually apologize is that yeah. it, it's real, it's out loud, it's in the world, right? So it, it, it makes you meet um, your own self. Mm. It makes you meet mm. um, truth in a deeper and more honest yeah. way. I really like that. Absolutely. Like you need that courage to be able to do that, I guess. And, um, but yeah, that's, that's so great. I love how you put it on the, on the topic of honesty. We're kind of going to now listeners dive into our main question of, of the podcast, um, which is, can you mend broken trust in a relationship? Now, my first thing that comes to my head is no, obviously I'm like, no, it really depends. So like, I think how was the trust broken? on like was it a small thing or a big thing what is a small thing and what is a big thing like i don't know there's certain things i don't know to me that you just can't come back from but like i'd love to hear what you guys think about this it's funny because my my reaction is yes Ah, that's why we're having a discussion exactly that's why we're having a discussion um it it is for in my opinion it is absolutely possible depends on how how you're going about it okay there's it is one thing about saying sorry and all of that it's another thing to really recognize what you've done and how that impacted your partner and really learning from that and backing it up with actions okay Mm -hmm. but if Mm -hmm. i don't if i have not learned like if I've broken Natasha's trust or she's broken my trust and, and whoever's broken the trust, they don't see what they've done. Yes, then you're going to have a hard time to, to, to build back that trust because the learning hasn't occurred. Okay, Because a lot of times people think forgiveness means to forget. Yeah. And I totally yeah. disagree with it. I 100% disagree with it because if you forget, you're basically just trying to hit the reset button and go back to what you were before, which is what allowed the whole thing to unravel in the way it did. 
I think there are a lot of people, like when I'm talking to people about this, it's a great point you put it, point it out there because I had this conversation a few days ago and people are like, oh, I let things go, I let things go and I, I do forget them. So when they're forgiving, it's like it's not they're trying to forget, they just do forget. And so they're like, oh, I forget that it's happened so many times but I've forgotten because I let things slide, I let it go, I let it go. Right, right. You know, yes, that can be part of the process but – for me personally, forgiveness means that I understood it emotionally, right? So for example, I can give a very concrete example. My father killed himself when I was six years old, okay? And so through a long process, well, it wasn't actually a long process, but running, tw- running away 20 years <laughs> and then finally facing it, yeah. I understand, at least on this level, what forgiveness meant in, in that regard. And forgiveness did not mean to suppress. It didn't mean to just let it go or whatever. It meant to, to really understand the whole emotional impact it had on me and only that to feel into what it actually meant for my father. Now, this is, is, uh, is you know, not going to be accurate because I'm not my father, mm-hmm. uh, but I did tar- touch those dark places where I understood, oh, you know, if you're in this kind of place, yeah, I understand why you would make this kind of choice, right? Yeah. Um, now, this is the verbal expression, but there's an experience behind that and there's an emotion behind that. And so when you actually integrate those things, you are in a place where you can forgive and where you can then mend the trust that was broken because there's a whole learning behind it. There's a whole richness behind it and you're not going to go back into it because if you haven't done the learning, why would I not just break the trust again? Mm-hmm. That's, sure. that, that's, that, that's, that's, that's my question. If I, if I see why I've done it, what tempted me to do it, and what the impact was on my partner, then I'm in a completely different place where I'm like, okay, I've done it. I'm very sorry for it. And I'm going to move forward into a different direction where we are together and we built this together. I think rebuilding trust is only possible when you have two things. And that is the first one is when... I guess both parties, yeah. Both parties take responsibility for what happened. Mm -hmm. And then the second step is to commit. Commit to the whatever it is that could have been better, would have been the right thing to do. I don't kind of of want to put it in a box and be like, oh, bad, 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 this is better. But like, kind of like what you commit not to repeat again to the best of your abilities, because we're all human, but to the best of your abilities. But without taking responsibility, the past like doesn't mean anything to anyone. Like, Mm. And the hurt and the impact doesn't mean a thing. Because who 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 did it? Like no 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 one did it because no one's taking responsibility. No one actually yeah. said, "I took a part in that. I made some choices. I did some things. I I I had my place in it. You know, I actively oh. engaged in something." And that's and most of the time. I feel like people do not want to try again. Because no. they recognize that no one really took responsibility. Maybe the words of like the apology in the story was said, but there, th- someone can feel the energy. They're still avoiding something. They're still skirting around something. They still don't want to take it on. You know, they still don't want to face that past. And imagine Yakim going through that, or imagine you know the the biggest mistakes that you can make within a relationship to to actually hurt one another. It's it, it hurts. 
you know? And taking responsibility means that you acknowledge that you've hurt someone and not just anyone, the person who you're supposed to love the most. So it's like a such a raw place to be. But when you do, t- do take responsibility and there's still love, then there's this, it's almost like this empathy and this love that we, you recreate from this soft, soft place. Because then you're committing from this vulnerable place of where do we go from here? It can only go up. What what do we want to do now? It's like that dreaming, right? That pivot becomes even more, more like monumental. It's like we're really good in, going in a good direction now. And and that really takes commitment. And I have to say that actually commitment sounds like such a hard work and such a yeah. word we dread. But, but commitment becomes much easier when you have that emotional experience, the taking responsibility part. Because once you feel what your actions have done, the impacts of it, like what your partner went through, when you once you hear them out, once you realize what has happened, commitment comes really easily. If you still love them, if you still love them, and if you still want to nurture this, then somewhere in your heart, in the humanness within you, you don't ever want to do that to a human being ever again. Mm. It's natural. But you need to hit that rock bottom. you got to yeah, hit yeah. that place. You know, you oh. have to hit that hurt within you and the partner to recognize what pain means, what hurt means mm. for you to then choose love again and again and again. It's easy to commit to love and to more healthy um, behaviors when you know what hurt truly does until you know that and take responsibility for true true hurt it's hard to choose love it's hard to commit to love it's easy to be wishy-washy and somewhere lukewarm in the in between yeah so many people stay in i guess that wishy-washy place and don't move from it but i you know when i think of this question i you know what comes to my mind is is people cheating on each other like and then that's where you like oh that that trust from that is you can't go back from that and a lot of people encourage the person not to stay with a partner who has cheated on them what do you think what would you say about that so it it, again depends on the couple but um i don't see i know there's a very strong notion out there once cheater always a cheater and Mm. again that does not take into consideration what you're capable of learning when you do acknowledge truly what has happened within the relationship. And, and, and so that is really important and vital that you go into that because that is what sparks transformation. And so, yes, from cheating, you absolutely can come back. You, you absolutely can go back. Some people will choose not to. And they say, no, you know, that's too much for me and, and I leave. And, and we totally respect that. It's not just because you can and, broken trust can be mended doesn't mean that someone wants to go through the process or wants to um, move forward within the relationship and that's totally okay but what people don't realize is that when you are have gone through all those difficult times it can also strengthen the relationship and it can give you a deeper understanding of the functions within the relationship and how you can actually um, move forward in a different way that's going to produce a different result because you are part of a dynamic and, and whatever is happening, both parties have something to play with it. Okay, oh. we, 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 don't, we don't advocate that just one someone is just one person is at fault. 
no, there's, there's always something together because that, again, when you take responsibility, that is where the, the power lies. If I blame the other person, I'm giving my power away. There's nothing I can do because it's the other person's fault. Yeah. Well, from that, let's just use that example then. What would you do? What would you, how would you start coming back from someone cheating on you? You're the, you're being cheated on and someone cheated on you. So like, what, what are some things Mm-hmm. From both how, sides, right? Yeah, from both mm-hmm. sides. So how you how what's the first process to build that first step of of mending that trust? Yeah, this is really dependent on the on the couple and how like what at what point are they? You know, is how little trust, how little love has has communication broken down? You know, there's so many like like we know people stay within failing. Me- marriages for up to six to seven years so like at which point to the breaking point are you you know Mm. some people stay even though there's almost nothing good anymore you know every single interaction is hurtful yet people still stay right yeah so it's actually quite dependent on is there communication still are you are you even talking when you talk is it does it always turn into a fight does it always turn into blaming so knowing I mean, how the interaction currently is, the different pieces of the foundation of the relationship, what is left, that is kind of the first assessment that we do to go, okay, what is still here? What would make sense next? Mm. And, you know, for whatever you're at, one of the most fundamental things is to process your emotions. And here's, here's the issue I have with people where, you know, I'm, I'm just letting it go. Uh, they, they let it go or seemingly let it go. And then a few years later, they realize they haven't gotten over it. They haven't really let it go. What they call letting go was a suppression. Yes. And that is a recipe for disaster. Suppression doesn't work. So the, the most fundamental thing, and, and, and it's what most human beings struggle with because we want to get away from pain and we want to get away from negative feelings. We want to get towards positive feelings. Um, but to mend trust and, and if someone has been cheated on and, and you, you, your trust has been broken, the, the way forward is exactly the opposite. You want to go into it, not in the forms of stories, okay, what the person has done and repeating it and whatever, not, none of that, but being real in the moment, what's happening actually within me. What's happening within me? What's happening within my heart? How do I actually feel? Mm. Fully, truly, and honestly. Because you can lie to other people, but most of the time we actually are lying to ourselves yeah. as a protection mechanism. Okay, and that has to go. You have to stop doing that and you have to actually be able to go into it so that it can release because we have a natural way of processing emotions. We can do it. We absolutely can. And that is when you can move forward because, you know, we, can, we talk about cheating, but believe me, human beings are going through way, way, way worse things than cheating. And they're still able to have a happy and beautiful life. You know, so we are underestimating the resilience that human beings have sure. when they actually allow themselves to face the things and to process them and allow a different faculty than their mind to do it because the mind can't do it. You really can't. Mm, I really like that. That's interesting. Yeah. And the way to resolve something as um, hurtful, as, as painful as mm. both parties cheating and working through that is to recognize that the solution here, the moving forward, 
doesn't come from compromises mm. or, or these agreements. I, I know that a lot of couples, they come to us like, we tried this, you know, we, <laughs> we, we fight about things where we talk about things that happened that we didn't like. And then we conclude the conversation with an agreement. We both yeah. agree. I will, I won't do this. You won't do that. Okay. Done deal. And you, mm. and you, you both of you like, <laughs> like in you know trying to walk that line every day sure. afterwards making <laughs> yeah. sure you stay within agreement you know mm-hmm. so so but but that this that's sounds kind of unnatural it's like mm. the self-imposed rule in the relationship and and like constricting way, yeah and at the same time it sounds like this compromise and we we do not advocate for trying to compromise in your relationship. And this is the reason why. If you, okay, if you were to compromise in this situation where you both have cheated on one another, the solution with a compromise would be something like, oh, that hurt a lot. You don't like being cheated on. Well, that, why don't I just cheat on you a little bit? It's halfway in between, ah. right? So why in the world would you do that? Why would you settle for that, right? Why? Oh, yeah. That's what a compromise really is about. It's like, meet me halfway. And then you end up with two individuals and this happens all the time where you've agreed on something, you know, you've both compromised, you gave your best and then you're doing whatever you said, you know, would be a good idea. And you both do it begrudgingly knowing Mm. at the back of your head, I still like my way, my way is still (laughs) better. (laughs) Right. So, so same, same dynamic happens with this, even when it goes so deep down. So what we're saying is that you got to come together as a team to find a true solution, to find a third solution. That's not your way, his way, or somewhere in between. It Mm. needs to be one that honors both of you, respects both of you, and that conversation, like Yakim said, needs to go way down within yourself so you know what you need, you know what you don't want, and then you're able to communicate that. Because otherwise, you're compromising, and then you repeat the same thing. And both of you are actually quite unhappy with this whole compromising process. Something is still, you, you still have something against, you're still thinking, you know? energetically you still have something against your partner it's like oh i don't want to do this sure that's really interesting you say that but like well, i can't think like can, can you give me an example like of of where two people are trying to compromise and what would be like the third solution that that isn't a compromise right so um for example you know when when we are you know when natasha and and, and i first first met we have our differences. So, for example, I need space, okay? And Natasha didn't recognize this. She was the opposite. <laughs> so I need to be by myself. I need to process my things and I need to do, you know, I, I need to allow myself to actually, you know, let, that, let my brain decompress. <laughs> cool. That, that that's that's what I what I need. While Natasha needs a lot more uh, interaction and, and and meeting people and all of this kind of things, right? And this was a source of conflict for us mm-hmm. because I needed my space. She wanted to be with me, and you know, it, it looked like well, either I'm by myself or or, or I'm with her, but they, it doesn't seem like they, they, there's a, a middle ground, right? And and so in in terms of a a third solution, uh, what what comes up is that I need to understand first. What is Natasha actually wanting, right? And what it, what is actually important to me? Right? I need to accept myself as I am, and I need to 
accept Natasha as she is and really understand what's what's going on for her. Because what happened for me, she becomes this annoying fly around my head, like buzzing around my head, like go away. I'm like processing stuff. Like I really can't use this. Like just get away, right? And then she would feel hurt mm. right? because I'm, I'm pushing her away and she feels rejected and all of those kind of things. So, and, and, and so to find a third solution, we have to open ourselves up to actually hear the other person, see the other person, acknowledge the other person. And it goes, it goes both ways, right? So I see and hear Natasha and she can see and hear me. And then we can start to see, okay, so Yachim needs space, not because he doesn't want to be with me, but just because that's how he functions when he, you know, <laughs> I have some sessions or whatever. I need some time to keep decompress. It's just my brain thinks and does stuff afterwards. So it has nothing to do against Natasha. And it's the same thing. Oh, okay, Natasha wants to be with me, not because there's... Um, uh, because she's annoying or whatever, you know, she's, she's so needy, but just because for her, this kind of interaction and, and conversation and connection is, is, a show, is showing affection, is showing love, is showing appreciation, right? And so through that, when we have this understanding, you know, now we are actually able to navigate this whole thing. You know, now there's not, there's not a blanket third solution in terms of like we do X, Y, Z now all the time. Sure. But I understand and Natasha understands me and we're like, okay, now from this foundation, we can now see how are we actually going to go about this uh, to, to respect each other. Yeah, it's all about meeting each other's needs, but in a healthy way, not in yeah. like a needy way. Super sure. practical example. We're, we're like digital nomads. We moved, we used to move like every three months. And let me tell you, yeah, I can, I can vouch for what I'm about to say. <laughs> That week before we were about to move, I I was not a nice person to be around. <laughs> like, yeah, I already said I'm the tidy person, organized person, whatever. So that meant when we were about to move, I was like packing our home into two suitcases, 23 kilos or whatever. <laughs> suitcases, and that was it. And I, I, I like can fit things in so so nicely and it'll, whatever, all those, well, that kind of stuff. But I would get extremely stressed, extremely frustrated. And as we got closer and closer to the date of flying somewhere or we're moving, I would get so irritated at Yachin. Because in my head, I was really thinking, spinning the story. I was like, oh, he's so useless. Oh, he's still making a mess. Why can't he help me? You know, I'd be in this state of frustration and just like trying to do it all on my own. And in, at that moment, poor Yachim, he'd be looking at me, his crazy wife, like <laughs> on the floor, jamming things into the suitcase and going, what can I do? I'd be like, oh, get that to me. And he'll like carrying a little plastic, but here you go. What can I help? Now just get out of the way, you know? So <laughs> it was not helpful. And he was like, what can I do? Oh, just like, what can I do, you know? But when we actually worked together, we realized it was so simple. But we did this like multiple times. We went to several sure. countries. I repeated this. And we, we thought, well, I'm good at what I do. So let, leave her to it. No. The, the third way was that I always packed too late. I could have started two weeks ahead. Just like a little bit. Mm. Also, I could have thought of Yahim as someone who is so helpful, who can, who can help me. I just never communicated you know and by the mm. time i did i was like telepathically trying to get his help and of course it didn't work right so he helped me to plan ahead so he would actually be like hey what do we need to do today like i don't want you to be all crazy stressed what can we do today we planned ahead he helped me i was able to delegate and actually communicate 
and and like the last few times we moved it was super smooth i was i was totally okay mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know? so so it's like what do you need what do you yeah. need and what aren't you saying and how aren't you working together sometimes it can be really simple but you, you get into that mode and you you shut down the communication shuts down you can barely say what it is that you that could help because you're busy being emotional and but at that point i was all i was thinking was yeah you're so useless yeah you're so useless mm. yeah you just helped me by carrying over one plastic bag you who you know <laughs> so at yeah. that time i was so bitter and so you know angry at him but he didn't do anything so it's about like really working together sometimes it's super practical too yeah yeah i like that i like how you put it like that and i guess it's applicable in like when you break trust as well you have to identify all the same things it's like similar to like you're saying like compromise not compromising but like finding that third solution in in after like trust has been broken so like i i guess like it seems that you know a lot of what you say like people know but people don't follow through people don't say people don't act that that's the hot part like people aren't doing that at all absolutely and and Yahim broke down the exceptional relationship formula, right? Pivot, dream, trust, create. And let me tell you, there are why so few happy, happy, healthy couples in this world. Because every single step, there are just four steps. I know sometimes it's hard and it really helps when you have someone outside to guide you along this process. It is really helpful. But there are four steps. They're all crucial. And at each step people just drop off people give up people give Mm. up on themselves people give Mm. up on their partner people Mm. give up on love people give up on their future it's done at each step they choose not to dream at each step they choose not to trust and when it's time to commit and do the work they choose not to so these are four steps guys and and that's the thing you know it is a formula but it's not that secret but it's so worth it, you know? We're here to love and we have to go through these four things. I think as human beings, every day in our life, we're like trying to learn these four things over yeah. and over again. Yeah. And, Absolutely. and just, to be cl- just to be clear, those are the four steps, but there's, of course, a lot more to it. Of right? course. You know, there's, yeah. there's the four statements, yes, and then there's a lot more depth into what that actually means, especially when it comes to the part where you're creating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of actually uh, taking responsibility and looking at yourself and looking what's happening. So, for example, we take the thing about the trust being broken. Why has trust been broken? What's been going on? Mm. What has led to that? You're attracted to someone else. Why didn't you communicate to your partner? What, could I? Yeah, you could. And your partner's going to react a certain way. And that's going to be where actually the, the relationship can grow. But if I'm like, well, I just want to have my way and I just want to have some pleasure and, you know, go there and, and, and whatever. Yeah, again, it's all about you, you know? And, and this is, this is uh, very, very difficult for many people is to realize you've you got to grow up. Mm. Because when it's all about you, you, you're a teenager. Yeah, that's a great point there. Like, that's what I was thinking as Natasha was speaking. I'm like that, you know, are you only able to go through these four stages of of this process and 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 really be involved in a relationship after a certain level of maturity or after a certain age it's like people who are after this certain period then your brain is is capable of being mature enough to have to be to say what you need and to say 
what you want and to say what you can give and to, to, to act and, and, and behave in this in this way to create that that dream relationship like is it really requiring a certain level of maturity or or, or going past a certain age yeah i mean you know it, it through going through the steps you are going to mature you know you're going to start out and you're not going to do, do it perfect you know and you're going to fall and you're going to do you screw up and that's okay but it is through applying yourself it's through going through it that you actually can create because you have it's like going lifting weights you go lift weights, you go the first day, you lift five kilos and you're sore, you know, and after a year, you're, you're lifting 150 kilo or whatever it is that you're lifting, right? And it's the same thing. You have power to shape your environment around you. I mean, just look around, around you wherever you are right now. Someone has dreamt that stuff up, whether you're in a car right now, whether you're at home, whether you're listening through mm. a radio or a phone, a laptop, whatever it is you're listening to, someone dreamt that up, implemented it, and created it. And you have the same power. You really do. Everyone has that power. We just don't realize it. And most people are using that power to say, I don't have the power. Yes. Yes, absolutely. They hypnotizing themselves into powerlessness. And I'm saying, no, stop. You have the power and you can create the relationship. You really, really, really can. When you take the brakes off and stop bullshitting yourself about what you can or can't do. Absolutely, I like that. That's so true. People just want the easy way. Oh, I can't do it. Oh, it's uh, there's no point trying. Oh, it's not yeah. going to work. Oh, there's too much damage is done. Like, there's no point in us fixing anything. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And and especially with that um, example of both partners cheating on one another, it's really leveling up. Like you said, it's about behaving and showing up differently in a relationship because to get to that point of um, such, I could call it betrayal of one another, like such uh, probably like that's the anti-commitment act, right? It's like Mm. you commit to each other to, to be with only each other. If we're talking about, you know, mostly uh, monogamous relationships and that is that act that kind of like breaks that commitment to one another. So it really needs to level up. So, before you kind of get to that point, when did you compromise even though you didn't want to? Mm. Like how many times did you say yes when it wasn't okay, you know? And how many times weren't you being honest within yourself? And then it kind of slowly added up over the years and that happened to us too where we weren't being honest deep within us and just that hurt built up and up and up and up. And we didn't really know how to stop it because we kept saying yes to stuff that wasn't even true to us. Mm. So it, it kind of grows that tolerance for like misalignment from your own truth, that that feeling of, okay, I guess if he did that already, I guess that's okay too. Or how bad is that compared to the last thing? You know, that kind of talk, but at the same time, it's still dishonesty within yourself. And the first responsibility, no matter what is, is for, for, for you and what, how you feel and what you need. That's the first thing that you need to be responsible for. Because your partner, no matter how much he or she loves you, no matter how great of a lover or partner they are, they can't meet you. They can't honor or truly respect you the way that you want to be loved unless you show them. Mm-hmm. You, you, you speak it. You say it out loud. You translate it from within you, what you know to be true. So that responsibility is first there. 
And a lot of people don't recognize that, that those tiny little violent acts of manipulation, of passive aggression, those are little hurts that you're allowing in. And we, at least for our personal relationship, we don't expect anyone else to have any relationship like us. But for us, we know that it's just not nice, no matter how like subtle of a little jab you know, mm. it's still not nice. Yeah. And we don't want that. We don't want to do that to each other. So we don't tolerate it within our own relationship. But it's up to you to define, you know, what that means for you, what healthy means for you, what respect means for you. Because so often we wait until our border is crossed so far <laughs> into yeah. our discomfort that we actually say no when you know, quite early on, you're responsible for how you feel the whole time, not yes. when it's too late. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That people are getting to the point where I've had enough and then it's like that's, you know, then they're like, oh, well, they're at the end of it. They're not like for all the way through or even the even in the beginning. Like do you recommend relation, people who are starting off in a relationship when it's in that honeymoon phase to start this whole process? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I just recently had a client and she – uh, she just recently went through through a breakup. It wasn't a relationship that lasted very long, uh, but she she saw when she, once she started talking to me, they were actually warning signs very early on. You know, mm. he, he lied about his age on 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 dating profile and about other things. You know, and they were they were small lies. But it's like okay, you know, so that's you, you're pushing it back. You're saying yes to that. You're letting it slide. It's like. You don't have to punish someone. You don't have to go, you know, <laughs> crazy on them. But you yeah. want to have a talk about them if this is going to be a serious relationship that you actually represent. Look, lying is not okay for me. Like, what happened? What may? What? 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 Want? You know, propelled you to to lie to about those things? What's actually going on? You want to have a mature conversation around those things as 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 quickly as possible because we do train to a certain degree people how they're treating us. And when we are letting things slide, when we're not communicating what needs to be communicated, and I can tell you it's uncomfortable. It's yeah. not something I enjoy. I don't enjoy walking up to Natasha and say, look, I fucked up. I'm sorry. I don't enjoy it. And I don't enjoy sitting Natasha down and saying, you know what you said yesterday really hurt. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, it feels vulnerable. It, it feels uncomfortable. It's not something you want to do. You got to do it. You really got to. If you're serious about the relationship, if you actually are into self-improvement and all of that, then own it and have those conversations because that's where growth really happens. Yeah, absolutely. Like exactly. Nobody likes it. It does bring up a bit of anxiety. You feel awkward. Yeah. You feel like it's, it doesn't feel good when you're doing it. And like, you don't know what the reaction is going to be like, of course. But like you said, if you want something solid and you want a companion and you want a good dream relationship you've got to do it otherwise like you just you're wasting each other's time and then it just doesn't go anywhere mm -hmm. and in, in regards to like what when should people do this it's quite funny because no matter at what stage people come to us they, they mm. kind of tend to ask the question isn't it too late coming at the end and isn't there's there's a a, a wife so a, um someone within a relationship who isn't too far down within their marriage and and she's like isn't it too late and then we're like well you recently got married so 
really not, right? This is a great time. This is a good time to redefine everything. But everyone has this feeling like, oh, it must be too late. It can't be the right time. But it always is. No matter, once you identify and you you know you can pivot, then it's time. It really is time. Sure. One last thing I I would like to add in the whole cheating thing that just came to me that I think is is, is a a valuable um, thing to mention is is, is we, we believe that past is real Mm. but the past isn't real yes things have happened but your recollection of it is a construction in this moment okay and there's actually plenty plenty of evidence that shows that our memory is flawed and that every time we access the memory we're changing it okay so what we're basing what we are not realizing is when we, we don't question what's happening within us and we don't question how we're creating reality we're taking things as facts and, and we have certain images and then we have stories on top of those. And so part of, of the work that we do is deconstructing those things, looking at them and seeing that actually all the past is, is a thought. That, 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 that's literally all that's left of it. And what I'm reacting to is that. I'm reacting to that internally created reality. And so I just wanted to bring that up because that changes things quite a bit when you start really seeing it, not just like thinking about it intellectually, but really seeing it, it, it changes the whole game. Absolutely. I, I love that you did bring that up because like there's so many studies that show that like, you know, you know, you're having a memory about something, but you've just changed the memory. Like years down the line, you keep changing the memory every time. So it's like, mm-hmm. well, you know, what you think may have happened and the other person's like, no, this didn't happen. And there's arguments about it because you're both changing the memory of what actually happened. Yeah. And the incident that, yeah, that occurred. So, yeah, that's a great, that's a great point to, to point out there. So thank you so much for this conversation. Like we could keep going. Like I can keep, you know, <laughs> this so many other questions, but it kind of goes off track into other topics <laughs> that I could ask. Um, but, yeah, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. What I do like to ask the guest speakers after having a conversation and you talking out loud a few things is like, you know, sometimes like, well, has this conversation with me now highlighted anything to yourself about, this whole topic or this anything like has anything point you know stood out to you or made you kind of reflect a little bit differently right now Mm. you know what what stands out again and again for me is is just that one point about realizing that you're a creator and that you have power Mm. and we for me this is one of the most it's most fundamental and you can see that at a deeper and deeper level but it's so important it is so, so important. And nowadays, we seem to be creating a society where we are always like walking around on eggshells. Oh, no, I've offended you or whatever. Like, come on, guys. Really? We are so much more powerful than that. We really, really are. And, and when you embrace that, man, your life changes. It really does. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for me, what kind of deepened within my mind, and I didn't look that deeply into is how when it comes to love right we really want to feel loved and we really want to love and things like that but behind that desire to be loved is we really want to feel heard we really want to feel seen and we really want to feel understood and isn't the best way about going that is to actually share how you feel like share your deepest emotions and what you're going through and who you really are you know all that raw vulnerable stuff and who better than with your partner right yet like you said like all of us kind of said today oh it's not comfortable but we want to like deep down as people we want to be seen we want to feel heard 
but yet we keep talking about things that aren't really there in our heart like what are we doing right it's funny right if you really look yeah, at it yeah so funny so if you want to be seen if you want to be loved you want to be heard and understood like give yourself and give your partner a chance by actually showing up right mm. showing up as how you really are how you really feel go there then you actually have a chance of being seen in love i think that's kind of funny <laughs> yeah absolutely I, it's like everyone's waiting for the other person to read their mind or something it's like look through me uh, like i want to be seen so i'm not going to say anything i want you to just yeah. see me <laughs> something like that yeah it is so funny absolutely well thank you guys so much thank you Yakum. thank you natasha like i really loved connecting with you both and i really just it's been an incredible episode and diving deep into all these things and i'd love to have you guys back on for another question or another topic that would be inc- incredible for myself and i think the listeners and they're going to benefit so much from this from this episode like i really see it like i've already like you know started making me it's you know, maybe reflect and, and, and think about different things in, in a lot of different ways. And, and it's something that I always try and study or understand or analyze relationships in general, even though I'm not in one. So thank you so much for this episode. Oh, well, thank, thank you for having you. us and we're happy to come back. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening to Get to Know You. If you enjoyed this podcast, rate, review and share the podcast on Facebook or Instagram. You can tag me at Get to Know You with Tiffany Farrow. In my mission to open conversations and access deeper dialogue, I want to hear from you listeners the question again. Can you mend broken trust in a relationship? Leave an audio, video or a message on the Facebook or Instagram page of your response to today's question, including your name and where you are from. We'll include some different responses in next week's Get to Know You Cafe to further deepen dialogue on this topic. If you have any topics you would like us to discuss, be sure to tag me in a post with your question. Join us every Tuesday on Get to Know You.